Hi, I'm Ryan North. I'm Lori Fungi. And I'm Sean Wilson. You're listening to Foster Family Matters, a production of CK Family Services. People united through God to enhance the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of at-risk children and families. Welcome back to Foster Family Matters. Uh, It's so good to have you join us again. We're excited today to talk about uh, something, uh, a topic that is going to become relevant to all of us as parents. Well, the vast majority of us probably as parents uh, very soon. And that is the topic of helping our children and ourselves manage transitions. As we near the end of the school year, uh, there's going to be a lot of transition to manage. Uh, Lori, Ryan, what do we got on transitions? Hello, Sean. Hey, Sean. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> Lori. <laughs> Sir. Go A- ahead, Ryan. Added level of stress today because there's cameras, not just microphones involved in this. So transition. So we're, we're going to start with big life transitions. I think the thing Sean was alluding to was the end of the school here is nigh. That does sound like biblical prophecy there. The end of the school year is nigh. Or Monty Python. I'm not no, sure. Right. That's where I was going. <laughs> yeah. It's the accent, isn't it? <laughs> a little it's bit. It's always the accent. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it, that's a big deal, right? All of a sudden, um, the kids have somewhere to go five days a week, and they have structure, and they have a lot going on. And then all of a sudden, um, the school district just says, they're with you for the next I don't know how long summer break. We homeschool. I don't even know how long summer break is. But but that's a big deal, and there's a lot to consider. And I think um, sometimes we just go, okay, well, the school year's out. But there's just so many layers of things to consider over there. So I don't know. Where do you want to start? What? I think well, actually, <clears throat> oh, ahead, let me sure. let me just jump in here real quick before that. I don't want to gloss over that. So you mentioned you mentioned the H word, uh, homeschool. Yes. And um, uh, you know, I think this episode is is and and we may do additional episodes on transitions later. Um, uh, going to focus maybe primarily on kiddos transitioning back to summer to, or back to to a summer routine from yeah. a school routine. But there's certainly transitions that occur uh, within the homeschool environment. That might be its own, entirely own episode at some point in the future. Maybe we'll have a homeschool episode. The homeschool episode, because yeah, like I said, um, our kids are homeschooled. I, I wasn't say we homeschool, but the truth of the matter is, my wife homeschools, um, and I know that school their co-op uh, broke for the year two weeks ago. And I spoke to her earlier today, and she's like, well, it seems like the kids have forgotten how to do math. <laughs> uh, so they are homeschooling today at Casa de la Norte. Very cool. Yes. Okay. Sorry for that interruption, Lori. No, and I think, I think it's important what you both have, have done is organically separated transitions into two groups, and that's how we know them to be um, events or situational transitions versus life transitions. And so what these gentlemen were talking about tends to be more of a life transition when it's on a larger scope, such as going from an academic school year to several months of freedom, no routine, less structure. Um, And I think a, a lot of opportunities for transitions to even those smaller ones, those event transitions, to pop their, rear their ugly head, so to speak, in that big life transition. Because as Ryan was saying, we've, we've gone to this place of expectation, rules, maybe a little bit of rigidity for the last eight months in a school year, and now wheels off. And I think that goes for us as parents just as much as it does for the kiddos, too. Yeah, so I, mean, so I don't really know where to start about that, but here's maybe... It's Monday and the kids don't have to go to school. I mean, how do we how do we prep the kiddos for for those types of transitions? Because even though um, if you, if the kid your kids are anything like I was, 
when I was at school age, um, I did not want to go any day of of the year, yes. right? But there is value in, and we know this value in routines, there's value in rituals, there's value in structure. Um, and now all of a sudden, um, you know, I think one of the things we have to avoid is creating Thunderdome. And there's a certain demographic of, of the listeners who got that reference and some went, what's Thunderdome? <laughs> Wait, uh, what's Thunderdome? Mad Max? Nice try. Nice try, Sean Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah, try. Yeah, I can't pull that one off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, like, like at your house, right, this is about to become really real for you because you, you got um, some kiddos who are about to be done for the school. So how do you, how do you transition them from, from school year to schools out for the summer? Another reference that a certain demographic is going to get. And let's wait for Wilson to pretend like he doesn't get it. <laughs> wait, what? School's out? What is that? Is that a song? Is that what like a show tune? are you singing, what's, Lori? It is. It's from a Broadway play. <laughs> I only know dubstep. Um, well, with with ours, they're, you know, in their teenage years. And so there's a level of self-sufficiency. Oh, yeah, too, that's your point. Right. And so um, I think it's the excitement and the enjoyment of getting to sleep in that the alarm clock doesn't have to go off at 630 and mm. we have to get up and get dressed and hustle out the door. Um, we get to work more. So both my, my younger two kids have a job. Um, at nothing but cakes. And so during the week, they can only work one day a week and they tend to work on Saturdays and then the place is closed on Sunday. And so for them, it's an open opportunity to make more money and to increase their independence. And so I think for for them, it's they're finally at the stage of they understand the importance of that routine and predictability, but almost like adults, it's a breath of fresh air when that expectation is lowered just a bit on them yeah. that they can experience the freedom and the flexibility of summer. I need to ask you a completely unrelated question. What kind of discount does an employee of Nothing But Cakes get? You just name it. I'll bring him next week. No, I'm trying to see if I want to encourage my 16-year-old son to get a job at, at said every bakery. Every night, bakery. said bakery, every night he'll come home with, uh, with free, free bun cakes. Wow, we should do an episode on how, how, how to get free stuff. That's right. Where do we want our kids to work? <laughs> Where do we want our kids to work? Asking Robbins, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, I think I think you, it's a good point. Wait a second, are they sponsoring any of this? Yeah, you edit that out. Oh, <laughs> more work for myself. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's. Um, I think we sometimes take for granted that that maybe um, I don't have to get the laundry doesn't go off at six o'clock. I don't have to do the morning routine and get you know walk to school, drive to school, take the bus to school, whatever that looks like. Um, but I think that, that the departure from the structure can sometimes be a little unsettling right. for the kiddos. Because I know that, um, you know, certainly even though our family homeschools, there is a little bit less intensity and less frequency of the schooling. It's basically sort of a remedial summer program to make sure that, that they're still thinking in terms of educating their minds. And, and also time to catch up for maybe, you know, some of the math we didn't get to or whatever, right? But, but I think one of the things we see is that our kids actually, um, the lack of structure or the day being structured is actually a little scary to them, like they don't do well with it. And I think that that's such an important part um, for, for our families to kind of understand that, that the predictability of the routine is so soothing for a traumatized mind. And what we need to do in our homes is, um, I don't want to say fake, but that's the <laughs> only word that's coming <laughs> to mind. Is basically kind of fake the routine, um, so that so that we're still able to to do things. Right, like today, I know this afternoon they're all they're all loading up in in the big um, 
well, it's not a 15-passenger van because I took two of the seats out because I just had a mental block about owning a 15-passenger <laughs> van. <laughs> Resembled a bus too much for in, you? In, yeah, in wait, the wait, does that mean it's 13? Isn't in that a 13 passenger van. <laughs> that makes it so much better. Are you superstitious at all? Yeah, so the last time we took the van to go drop somebody off at the airport, we had some people just climb in with their um, with their baggage. They're like, that's completely made up. But we actually have friends. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have friends so that that happens. So we you caught our last episode about keeping it real and being honest <laughs> with ourselves. <laughs> no, we had some friends and some folks got in their car when they, when they just pulled up at the curb at the airport because it's a big 15-passenger van. Um, there's potential to do a lot of deviant things with that information, isn't there? <laughs> um, so they're going to the library today. Because um, it's an environment where you have to mostly behave yourself. There's books there, and there's lots of fun things to do. So, I think part of that step down program for us at our home is instead of the intense, maybe I should say intense in air quotes, whatever that looks like, because uh, it is a less structured environment. So, I think um, for us, we've seen some success with having sort of step down activities mm-hmm. for the children. Um, so, I think there's real value in kind of. Um, you know, we talk about connected parenting, we talk about investment parenting. I think I like to call it intentional parenting too because you have to give so much thought to what you're doing um, because, I mean, there's a lot that comes with it, with this big life transition. You've gone from the routine to you're at home. Um, you've gone from if you're at a school where there's some version of a uniform or dress code, well, all schools have dress codes, but like of a, a required uniform, all of a sudden – um, your clothing's different, and that feels different. The labels are different. And so is you, my laundry as a mom. Yeah, your, your, your days are different, right? I mean, just so much to consider, and I think that for the longest time, we didn't consider how much there was to consider. Right. And you have to think about how all of those things impact your children because um, if you don't manage the transition well as the adult, you're setting your child up for failure. Potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Absolutely. And so. But the flip of that's true, though. If you do manage the transition well, you increase your odds of setting your child up for success. Well, and I think what you said was was really powerful and spot on, uh, Ryan, about the predictability. And I think what we see, and if you've had the opportunity to tune into some of our previous podcasts, you'll hear a running theme around the importance of predictability. And what mm. science shows us is that not only is it calming for our kiddos with a traumatized background, it's calming for all of us. And it's it, sense a, it gives us a sense of peace, a sense of routine, a sense of rhythm and pattern to our lives and to our even to our day, right? And so when our days become predictable, I think that's when we have the opportunity to be the most regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, has a, a less opportunity for the meltdowns and the fits and, and the emotional responses and outbursts. Um, and so with that, how do you... I think the question comes back to us of what we're laying out there for you guys is how do you make those times where there's less structure and less routine as predictable as possible? And so as Ryan was telling, um, talking about his family and, and going to the library today and doing something structured, when I counsel families, it's it's just that. It's finding things to, on a smaller scale, um, less rigidity, but that still sets a, a framework for this is what we're doing yeah. today. Um, this is what our day is going to look like. And I think even even that minute, um, so what I'm looking for, fact or or angle of 
communicating that to your kids. So now we have predictability to our kids if they know what to expect is going to happen for the day. That's structure and helping in transitions right there rather than just waking up at 10 o'clock because we don't need alarms anymore now that it's summer. And then all of a sudden we're going to go to the pool and then we're going to go to a museum and then we're going to go to that birthday party and that barbecue and then we're going to come home. That can be really daunting, although it's a lot of fun things, but that can be really daunting because there wasn't any predictability or at least acknowledgement of the plans that are going to play out for the day. Yeah, I think I think what you said is, is super, super valuable because one of the ways that we um, helped lessen the anxiety of some of, of our most anxious kids in the home was um, was we, we have a, a, fa- a shared camera. Can- we have a shared calendar. I'm pretty sure we have a shared camera somewhere too. But <laughs> specifically to this pertinent to this subject matter, we have a shared calendar. And then um, some of the kids don't care. But some of them really, really, really need to know what's next. Right. Yeah. And so... And so they have that on their phones and their iPads. And then uh, we also have a, um, you know, um, years ago, um, my mother used to have this calendar that you opened it like a book and you, you wrote in things. Um, oh, you don't, you don't have yours with you to show us say, an example? Do you mean I like an iPad? I think I know what you're talking about. Like the Surface with a stylus? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is made out of something called paper. Paper? Yeah. Be sure to check the show notes for affiliate links for all the products that we're talking about today. <laughs> if you want to see one of mine, just we'll show you. And so, um, and so she'll actually leave the month for you open and write stuff in there so the kids can just walk by and see it on the corner in one of the counters in the kitchen, which I know that all seems so really like, really, that seems too simple. But the great news is that we can um, address a lot of these issues with real simple solutions. Right. And that's just letting the kids know what's happening next. Um Again, this this to consider that you have to be, you know, like, like we talk about a lot, being you know the world's leading expert in the children you're raising, and that is that that there may be a child of yours in your home that knowing too far into the future what's happening um, next is actually problematic because they can stress about it and, and play out all the ways that that could pl- that could play out in their minds, and so you know we have we have both of those types of kiddos in our home, and some of our kids we tell a week in advance, and some of our kids are like, uh, get your shoes, we're going to the museum. You know, because right. they can handle knowing it in advance. And I think that. Is there bleed over to your kids, like your kids that need to know in advance, tell the kids that don't need to know in advance? Or do they pretty much. Uh, they, they don't want to deal with that either. They no, they did it first. And then they realized sure. that they didn't want to deal with that yeah. either. Mm-hmm. And because if you're the one that, that spilled the beans, every, right. t- every time I got a question, I was like, just ask your brother. <laughs> and he got tired of it pretty quickly. Right. Um, I don't want to be the authority on that. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Um, but but again, you know, in terms of managing transitions, setting our kids up for success is, is really a way to kind of think about that. Uh, and and who, who gets the, the knowledge. You know, you have to know your kids. There cannot be a one-size-fits-all to, you know, especially if your your family is listening to this, you are potentially a large family. And I don't mean like, like there's this large families group on Facebook, and I think you have to have at least six kids to get into it. Like that's, that's, that's the minimum. That's the minimum? I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's got to be at least the XL family group, right? Yeah, I'm like, That's not wow. just large. So, you know, um, you do have to know the unique individuals because because a one size fits all doesn't always work, and I think this this is it, right? Um, you know, gosh, I just think about one of my kids when they sort of transition from um, school year wardrobe to to you know more warm weather wardrobe. There's there's a lot of anxiety about 
putting those clothing those clothing items in a box in the attic and so we have to handle that gently and i think that you know we could speak for another hour but at the end of the day there there's an overarching thought that i think can can live in everything we say and that is um it's never a bad idea to be kind to somebody true and so how can i be kind to my children because Telling them we're going to, you know, we're going to go spend the day at grandma's house instead of the classroom. While that does on paper sound like it's super exciting, that does raise six anxiety levels to different levels. And I have to have to understand that. And I think going back to what you were saying in terms of knowing your child and, and responding in a specialized way to each child is really important. And there's going to be some of us that don't know our child because maybe our child is brand new into our home. And so my tip for you is to always verbalize, always communicate as much as you can that predictability and the plans that are going to um, transpire for that day or even that week. Communicating that and, and, and getting used to doing that, you're going to find out, like some of Ryan's kiddos, that they can't handle that information, that it's too anxiety-ridden for them to have that information. But I encourage you, if getting in the habit of doing that um, versus not doing it and waiting to see how they respond, you're going to be better equipped if you are communicating on a consistent basis Hmm. and then have the meltdown and now you know okay with this child he or she does not do well with that amount of information versus not communicating and seeing what happens it's trial and error especially when we don't know our kiddos and we don't have the opportunity to know them as well as we want to when they first come into our home so i say always communicate that way when you have another child you are communicating because now it's become a habit for you does that make sense but isn't there like isn't there an index or something in the, the child's owner's manual to which page you can flip to, <laughs> to to see the right setting for like three days advance notice or ten? Is that not? I, I think that did if y'all we not actually, get that? I, d- I didn't. Can me? I borrow your copy? Did I, well, I mean, it's they're customized. I have four of them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm gonna have to borrow your copy too. <laughs> one of the yeah, four. You can well, you can keep two. One for me, one for Lori. My okay. manual is called the Bible. Yours sounds oh, different. Oh, yeah, no. You know, when we're gonna play scoreboard now. <laughs> no. She dropped the B word. <laughs> to, to to kind of just to, just just um, kind of tack on to what you said there about and you know may, maybe somebody's getting a placement to you know a week before school gets out. And, and you don't really have any any relational foundation to leverage. Uh, and I don't mean leverage in a manipulative way. I just mean like in, in, a, in a productive way. You don't right. have any no relation. Foundation. Yeah. And, and you don't really know how, how that child's going to do at the end of the year. And so you may experience some difficult behaviors. Um, what I would say in those difficult behaviors is, is all relationships have difficult behaviors. And sometimes I think we think that only parent-child relationships have difficult behaviors. But uh, I'm pretty sure that of the people listening to this, at least somebody had an argument with their spouse today. You know what I mean? And so so all relationships have some kind of difficulty. um, But that's okay. We need to recognize that what we do need to also drive to is, um, are we in a healthier place at the end of the difficulty? Can I, even though this moment is hard, can I leave this moment with the child thinking, oh my gosh, this person may actually hang in there with me? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we will trust, right? And, and if, if kids don't trust that we uh, mean, mean what we say, that we have their best interests in heart, at heart, that we, 
that we um, are going to keep them safe, then then the relationship's not going to grow. And so, uh, I would say that any any kind of difficulty you have managing from the school year to the summer, um, while while I don't want to make light of how difficult some of those moments may be, I, I do also want to want to say you know that's a great opportunity for the kid to know that you're a safe, competent, caring, available adult is not going to give up on them. Amen. I like it when you say amen to the end of points I make, Lori <laughs> Fungi. I like good points. Well, good points deserve an amen. Thank you very much. And I think, you know, even the idea of getting a kiddo, let's just kind of normalize, you know, getting a kiddo into your home towards the end of the school year. Let's just normalize behaviors at the end of the school year, period everybody's done the teacher is done the kids are done there's there's literally a time a countdown of how many days left of school kiddos and 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 teachers and i think even parents are getting anxious and ready and excited and and yet kind of nervous of what are we going to do with all the spare time and and their planning and trips and all this stuff goes into it right and so i see as, as a therapist, I see an increase in behaviors, um, yeah. explosive behaviors at this time of the year. And it just makes a lot of sense to me that, of course, this is a life transition. This is a big transition and one that can be really exciting. Um, and then one that can be daunting. I don't know that we would, as we've talked about it, we would identify it as daunting because it seems so much freedom and carefree and trips and all this really great stuff. But I, And when we do that, I don't think that we pay attention to the significance of that structure and that predictability and really what does it mean to us and our everyday functioning. Yeah, I th- you said something earlier um, that, that I, I want to make sure that, that we reiterate, and that's like even fun things can lead to challenging Amen. behaviors. Yes, yes. And I think we need to have proper expectations as parents because what makes – I mean, I, I've said this. I'm going to guess the two of you have said this too some some version of i planned this fun thing for you and this is how you're going to react nope okay well except for the perfect parent <laughs> that wasn't in his manual because he has four copies of the manual that's what i'm saying man it's uh it's a chilton uh they're chilton manuals and <laughs> chill spelled c-h-i-l-t-o-n-t-o-n chill children's manual i don't know keep going yeah so you know we've all done that and i think we have to have proper expectations and we have to know what our kids can give us, and we have to know um, how, how to help them, right? right? Because my job as my child's parent is, is to help them. That's one of my jobs. You know, we talk about what, what do you want from parenting? Well, there, there are very many versions of that answer. How do you measure success as a parent? But at the end of the day, there's a follow-up question, and that is what are you willing to do to, to raise that child? Um, and, and what I've learned is that if I want to raise any, if I want to raise a child that checks any of those boxes in what I think, you know, would be a positive outcome of, of our parenting, then I have to be kind to them. And, and I know sometimes people push back and they say, well, we're just letting the kids run our home. No, no, I think, I think being kind is legitimate. The, the Bible says, I'll invoke the Bible here too. It says um, that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Well, and it can be firm and kind at the same time. Can I get a witness? What? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Testify. Right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm not parenting when I'm kind. And, and I love that I get to model that, mm, that characteristic so of Christ so good. for our kiddos when I am kind and gracious and merciful and all these other things. It's tools in their tool bag for them to use in life. 
That's the hope. And yet somehow it gets misconstrued in that we have um, equipped them with an ability to take higher authority over us because they're being kind or generous, which is just really interesting to me. Well, if you want to raise kind children, the best way to raise a kind person is to be kind to them, right? The best way to raise a responsible person is to give them some level of responsibility. We have to experience it. Yeah, and all of those things. And so I think that that with the transition from the school year to the summer, um, we're all going to have lots of opportunities to put being kind to practice, right? You know, and I said earlier that that when you you manage the transitions well, that you set your children up for, for success, I would also say that you set yourself up for success as well. Um, be, and if you succeed, then we all succeed, and then then there will be those minutes where you're you're sitting in your in your in your home, and you realize um, I'm actually reading a book here on this comfy chair, and nobody has yelled or argued or come and interrupted me. I've gotten through five whole pages. Just, just so we're clear, this, this book thing that you're talking about is next to that other weird like scheduling thing you were talking about earlier on the nightstand no, somewhere. No, it's on my it's on my iPad. Oh, okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you for that. So, wow. have we talked about have we talked about our transitions? Have we talked about managing our transitions as parents in this? I mean, we talked a, a lot about the kids, right? Right. Yep. Like, what are we doing to help the kids in this transition? But if we if we forget to inform ourselves about this it, it could all go awry as well that way too absolutely yep. and before we jump into that because i know ryan you have something to say let me piggyback and let me kind of put a bow on on our kiddos in this summer um with this one tip we talk a lot about in the pre-service stage and hopefully case managers or you are getting reminded when you have kiddos in your home um, to keep their world small and i think the summertime is a great opportunity to not do that because we have family trips we have reunions we have barbecues we have all these opportunities mm, barbecue. all these opportunities to um, kind of expand and and network and and open up that child's world almost to a fault. Um, many times I hear families say, oh this this summer we're going to see if we can get permission to take Johnny to Disneyland. Awesome. How long has Johnny been with you? Four months now. And I, that's a gentle rebuke to say, really hope that you rethink that. And let me tell you why that's a lot for Johnny and it's a lot for your family. And going back to what can look like a really fun experience can sometimes be too much for our kids. And so just helping our families be mindful that because the summer offers opportunities to do that, how small are you keeping your child's world? And I think in order to answer that is how attuned you are, how connected, how related are you to the kiddos in your home to understand what they can handle and what they can't. Because we have high hopes of getting to experience something really pleasurable and joyful. And then when our kid is melting down every single day, it's going to suck that joy out really, really fast. And it's not at all what you what you wanted and what you expect and what you what you hoped for. Okay, well, great discussion today. I think uh, we're kind of nearing the end of our time, and and uh, I really think um, there's there's probably more meat here to chew on. So uh, maybe we'll have a transitions to episode uh, to follow this one up. But uh, let's go around the table real quick. Uh, who wants to kick us off? Lori, Ryan. Uh, let's get some closing thoughts and and put a bow on this one. Ladies first. I insist. It's very kind of you. See? Look at you being kind. Yeah, just practicing what we preach. That's right. Amen, brother. Um, I think 
I think the most important thing is just acknowledging what a transition is and know that you are going to experience hundreds of transitions throughout a day. Um, and, and the most important tool you can have in your tool bag of helping your children work through those transitions is being connected first and having a relationship with them first so that you're able to buffer, to walk with, to regulate with, whatever that looks like to help guide them through these transitions. And the more times you do that, the stronger they're going to become and the more equipped they're going to become to handle the transitions on their own in the future. Yeah. So I would, um, my closing thought would be, um, as, as the adults, in, in the parent-child relationship, um, it's our responsibility to manage those transitions well. And I think one of the things to remember now that we are transitioning from the school year to the summer is that fun things don't always equal having fun. And so, you know, remember that. And so let's let's kind of tap the brakes and not try to um, jam as much fun into every day as we possibly can, but really kind of um, meter the fun out in, in doses that our children and ultimately our families can handle. Absolutely. And, and so what I'll add to it and then uh, close out here is that with, with all of that, with, you know, Mike Tyson is famous for saying that everybody, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And, I like that. And so what I mean with that is, is prepare your kids for the transitions and, and do all of that work. But when things don't work out like you've planned, roll with it. Right? Yeah, that's that's right. a good word. Uh, pick, pick it up and keep going forward. Don't, don't despair. Um, and uh, everything's going to be okay. Amen, brother. Preach it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Foster Family Matters. We're really excited uh, that so many people are taking an interest in this. Uh, it's encouraging to us, and, and uh, we're excited uh, that uh, folks are able to, to make use of this information. Um, I do want to kind of tease something that may be coming up uh, during the course of this summer. We're kind of kicking around the idea of maybe doing some sort of a, a summer book club uh, podcast where we talk, uh, choose a book, uh, one of the books that we draw a lot of uh, useful information from, and, and maybe take uh, turning it into a four or five uh, episode study of the book. Um, we'll, we'll let you know more about that as it, as it develops. But as always, just remember, uh, help us spread the word. Uh, share, like, click, link, thumbs up, star, whatever whatever your your podcast mechanism has to uh, to indicate that we're fantastic. We'd appreciate it if you do that. And and uh, as always, don't just share it with people that you like. Share it with people that you don't like, and we'll we'll make them into people that you like. That's how good we are. We've got that kind of skill. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.